This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And always fun to go into Zupan's and make new discoveries. I discovered something really awesome, which is Eli's Salsas. I was standing there at the salsa, looking at the salsas, and they have quite a few to choose from. And uh, the friendly Zupan's employee there asked me if I needed help. And he pointed me in the direction of Eli's sauces. So uh, over two visits, we, I tried the salsa roja and the guaca salsa. And they are insanely wonderful. And on top of that, they now have hot mama salsa tortilla chips. Bags and bags of them that I believe are specially made for Zupans. And those are the absolute best tortilla chips you're ever going to have. So you pair those two together. The hot mama salsa tortilla chips with Eli's sauces. And you will wow yourself and your, your friends, family, whoever's had. It absolutely, I mean it, is the best sauce and chips I've ever had. I couldn't stop. And they're both available exclusively at Zupans where you can support and enjoy the fruits of the labors of incredible local producers like Eli's. Hey, Chris, it's a, a important time of the year for me to talk about this. Uh, introducing at your local Zupans markets, farm to market Oktoberfest Marzen style lager. So uh, if you're uh, down with a dark malt roast with a little bit of a caramel sweetness, this is for you. It's made in collaboration with Old Town Brewing, and you can pick it up for only $4.19 a can or $13.99 for a four-pack at your local Zupan's Markets. Pretty cool packaging on that. And also, speaking of packaging, I happen to be walking by the freezer case at Zupan's recently, and they are producing their own... Uh, in-house ice cream and I saw a coffee chip there which I was going to grab except for the fact that I had a long drive out to the coast and didn't think it would necessarily make it without having a cooler on board but I'm looking forward to trying all Zupan's ice creams. I don't think they'd be making them if they weren't delicious. And uh, we should always point out that every now and then, if you're a member of the Zupan's news feed, uh, you get either some money off or something free. In this case, Chris, this weekend, when you spend 20 bucks, you get a free can of Zupan's peanuts. One of my favorite things to get. That travels well. That's something you can buy and travel out to the coast with. Absolutely. Those are, that's great for the car. And those are normally, I think, around $7. So that's pretty good value just for uh, grabbing a coupon and walking into the store and spending 20 bucks three locations to serve you. you got west burnside mcadam lake oswego and of course all the information about zupans can be found where chris zupans.com hey chris let's welcome to the right at the fork family of fine sponsors andina and its new sidekick chicha yeah we're very excited about that as people should be about their Peruvian food. They have new chef Alexander Diestra, who we featured on Right at the Fork recently. Uh, it's now open, Andina, with a brand new menu featuring ex the exciting flavors of Peru in the Pacific Northwest. So you can experience Alexander, Chef Alexander's, oh wait, <coughs> excuse me. So go experience Chef Alexander's take on modern Peruvian food in the beautiful Andina space in the Pearl. They're taking reservations now with safety requirements in place for stress-free and delicious dining. Or check out their new Chicha, serving exciting street food served in urban Peru. Chicha is open for takeout or dining outside on 
one of Andina's patios from four to nine. And don't forget their awesome cocktails. I'm serious. Don't forget them. You can order takeout through DoorDash or Chow Now, or why not simply just make your way on down to Northwest Gleason and 13th for patio dining. And Chris, you can check out the great menus online at andinarestaurant.com or chichapdx.com. That's C-H-I-C-H-A. Visit Andina. All right, here it is. Time once again, it's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. And I'm Court Johnson from Kink Radio. How are you, Court from Kink? I'm well. I'm well. I'm on the mend, Chris. Thank you. And uh, uh, I'm hearing that uh, the weather, while summery right now, is about to get very fall-like next month or next week, actually. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's welcome because it wouldn't be bad if it was just for a little while. But if that's going to be it from here on in, which I doubt, it's September. It's a nice time of year in Oregon. Yeah. It'll get better. Sure. It's, it's that time of year where we get either we get the early fall preview or we get the extended summer. So I think I, I'm, I'm with you. I'll take the extended summer. But, you know, a little moisture wouldn't wouldn't hurt anybody. No, I think we need it. But uh, yep. it was I woke up to sun and it's foggy out right now. But of course, I'm out. Um, it can change at the drop of a hat here. So mm-hmm. um, it has. So at any rate, it, either way, it's good to be looking at you, and I'm glad you're on the mend. Sorry to hear you haven't been feeling well, but uh, but you sound great. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so so Chris, we're doing something. Uh, you know, as we talk about the uh, the end of summer, we're we're going to go a little flashbacky with a classic episode. I like that we're calling it a classic episode, and it's only a couple of months old. Uh, but to something that happened in a, a conversation you had earlier this summer. Right, with Kai Koo, who most folks would know here from Denway Canting. And also, uh, I met him when he was at Blue Hour, the chef at Blue Hour a long time ago. And uh, I find Kai to be one of the nicest guys I've met here in Portland, always uh, personable and always willing to spend some time with us. This would be our second interview with Kai, um, and it was back in early July. Hey, that all rhymes, Kai in early July. That's why we did this. Yeah. And and it was interesting to talk to him about opening up a uh, a restaurant without a restaurant in Brooklyn, New York, and what his plans are there. So just it's nice to check in with some folks who are doing some new things and new opportunities. And he's still got his uh, his um, hands in Portland as well. He hasn't just moved his business away. He's still running the restaurant here over on uh, Sandy Boulevard. Uh, I don't necessarily know about running it, but, but it's still his. He's still the chef per se. And uh, so he's been running Boki Soul, or getting it up to speed in, uh, in New York. And we talked to him about that, uh, what that experience has been like. Happens to be right after I took tr- a trip to Brooklyn as well, which I really enjoyed. It was nice to get away, Court. First time I was on a plane in a month and a half. A year yeah. and a half. Year and a half. Yeah, that, that that first time on a on a plane after you know months and after everything we've gone through is is quite the experience and 
you wear that mask for what you know my first trip was shorter than yours which was just down to las vegas so whether it's an hour and a half or for you maybe four or five hours uh it's tolerable it's yeah, different, but it's tolerable. Um, but I'm ready to get, I'm ready to be done with it. I thought we were close. When I made this trip, it was when we were getting out of yeah. the first run and everything was opening up a little bit. And uh, now we're back to, uh, I wouldn't say square one, but I noticed, uh, I saw an Eater of Seattle. We're going to start seeing some, um, are there taking a look at uh, vaccine mandates for restaurants, so right. um, which I like. I think that's a good thing because uh, when I go indoors to a restaurant, I'd like to know that it's a little, it might be a little safer and, mm -hmm. and we're all looking forward to getting out to restaurants. It's a nice thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. I think we've, we've had this conversation uh, at least one other time, but um, all for it, if it, uh, you know, makes people feel more comfortable and allows the restaurants to you know ramp up a little bit more than they have i'm down right and i think it's good if it's a mandate it allows the uh, rest people not to get necessarily pissed off at the restaurants put it on the government yeah, exactly <laughs> put everything on the government anyway yeah. all right man so let's uh, let's get right into this episode with kai ku from uh, remotely from new york and um we think everyone will enjoy it. That's why we're running it again. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. And by... Portland Food Adventures. Ready to break out and travel to some of the world's most delicious destinations? Portland Food Adventures has space available on two trips in 2022 to Basque Country in Spain with Chef Javier Canteras of Urdaneta. Also, if you've never experienced Italy with Austria Enzyme, join Chris for the most delicious nine days in Western Sicily imaginable. Info at portlandfoodadventures.com. Pretty ironic that you were in New York right when I texted you. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that's kind of why you might. Well, did you text me when I was there or when I was on my way? I don't remember. I think I, when you were here, I, I had no idea you were here. Um, it was when you were going to uh, uh, when, when you were going to Llama Inn that night. Yeah. You remember? <laughs> yeah, like, well, of course I remember. And it was like three nights ago or four nights yeah, ago. Yeah. It was it was incredible. Have you been to that restaurant? I haven't. No, no. I, I, and more I, uh, importantly, have you been to Yamasan? Not more importantly, but Yamasan was more. No, I. Right, that was the first one, right? No, that was the second one. So I'd never been oh, there. So I have not tried Nikkei food before, and that was oh, the okay. first time. Okay, yeah, no, I have been to neither one yet. Well, I, I highly recommend them, and I'm not sure if they're open on Sundays, which is your. Now I've learned is your day off. Yeah, but uh, you got to get there because they're pr both pretty special restaurants. And Chef Eric, cool. he's been you know he came from Eleven Madison Park, okay. so that explains why every or it's one of the reasons it explains yeah. why it was everything was pretty phenomenal. 
So, yeah, no, it was good to be in New York. And I think I got out of there. Well, I came to one, I left one heat wave to get to another one. Yeah. But we're okay in Manzanita. Inside my house, it's getting to be in the just above 75. So that's okay. What's the uh, temp on the coast right now? Well, today it's supposed to get into the 90s, which is very unusual for the coast. Uh, That is is very unusual. Yeah. I just went to blow some stuff off my deck and it was hot out there. So um, Portland's like at 112 or 115 for the high today. It's crazy. (laughs) There comes a point where you think, oh, I'm tired of hearing everybody talk about it. But if you're in it, you're going to talk about it. There's no no doubt about it. But anyway, when was the last time you were in Portland? Uh, it has been about two months now. Oh, so, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, how much time are you living in New York now? I'm I'm living yes and no. So I'm living here now uh, through. Um, it's kind of indefinite, but you know my son's still in Portland, so I'll be going back and forth. Um, we have uh, um, a place here, or I have an apartment here. Um, so yeah, it's the, the plan is still, you know, there's no definite plan yet, but the plan for right now is to really try to focus and get this New York project going for sure. All right. So tell us about your New York project because we're going to refer people back to our interview, which was July 11th of 2019. I just looked that up. Is that that when it was? Yeah. So it was almost exactly (laughs) two years ago that we talked about Denway, Denway Canting when you opened that and some of the particulars. I really enjoyed that interview. Yeah. We can refer people back to that to talk about the genesis of all that. But now, you know, I, I found it interesting that I saw you were in New York and wasn't really familiar with the project you were working on. So yeah, no, we we've um, you know we're still kind of in uh, early development as far as uh, you know stages. We're soft opened um, partially, uh, but uh, basically I had an opportunity here um, to take over. Initially, uh, it's actually a commissary kitchen, so there is no you know dining room, um, and uh, basically with the partners there um, to develop a, uh, an incubator kitchen. So Mm -hmm. kind of the, you know, mission statement of the project is to just start it with one project, you know, something that we could get off the ground fairly easily, um, you know, and get a base, but then eventually introduce, because the kitchen is a pretty good size, um, introduce, you know, um, maybe between two to three other projects that could work out of the same kitchen and kind of really literally turned it into kind of a development concept, you know, where we could see what works, what doesn't work and, you know, have kind of a platform really to like launch things with, um, you know, obviously, you know, in New York space is a premium. (laughs) So rents are um, insane. Um, So, you know, a place where if, whether it's me or, you know, another chef comes in to kind of he or she wants has an idea um, a place where you can kind of do it for, you know, um, a reasonable amount of money instead of having to spend a fortune on, you know, any kind of build out or, you know, um, like an insane amount of money on paying rent somewhere in Manhattan. Right. So, yeah, so is, yeah. this, is this something whereby you are looking for other people to just pay a fee or for some time for the. Um, no, not, not, not necessarily. To these businesses. 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, no, not necessarily pay a fee. Uh, we're, like I said, we're still developing the program. I mean, I'm learning every day, um, you know, kind of the still trying to figure out the direction we want to go. Um, but our first concept that we're opening now, it's actually, it's a Korean fast casual concept called Boki Soul Food. <laughs> like Soul, okay. like the cap, Boki. Uh, it's, so it's B-O-K-K-I. I don't know if you've ever heard of like, like, the like tteokbokki, but it's a really famous like Korean rice cake dish. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's bokki and then Seoul, like the capital of South Korea, and then food. Okay. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, it's been interesting because we've uh, been developing basically from the ground up, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a ghost kitchen, but still trying to, you know, really put in the work that goes into developing a full service restaurant as far as from the food end. You know, because um, that we don't want to be some just some, you know, food service where it's like, oh, like a generic uh, delivery to your house. You know, we want to be set ourselves apart. You know, we want to be unique, have something for the client to have, you know, that they really look forward to as opposed to, oh, I live in New York and, you know, I don't want to drive into shitty traffic for a meal. Which, by the way, traffic here is terrible. <laughs> I, I never realized that. how bad. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make a couple of comments since I just yeah. left, like within <laughs> yeah. less than 24 hours ago. Yeah, this, the traffic is horrible. And then as I was on the train because uh-huh. I didn't take a lift to JFK because uh-huh. that was 122 dollars. Oh, it's fucking stupid how expensive Lyft and Uber uh, are here. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. But not I, I sort of can understand that, I guess. But to go a half a mile to go uh-huh. six blocks was forty dollars yep. a lift. Yep. Yep. And I just thought this I is no longer a good deal. And then, so my friend I had lunch with yesterday said, well, you can download the Curb app and get regular cabs for less. So uh-huh. I did that and I paid logistics. I just wanted to go to Atlantic Terminal because I didn't want to sweat with all my stuff. Yeah. I paid 15 bucks for that up front and they never uh-huh. showed up. So I'm sitting now I got to backtrack on that. But anyway. Uh-huh. So, but it, but from the train, I saw how bad the traffic was. And but I lived in Connecticut for years. Yeah. Yeah. Were, I didn't commute to New York, but I know how bad it can be there. I mean, it's the worst. Yeah. Uh, but that, and then also you mentioned rents before. I mm-hmm. stayed in an Airbnb and it was like a little over 200 bucks a night. It was nicer than I normally would do if uh-huh. I was staying in a room at, it was in a brownstone. But okay. the woman didn't happen to be there. So I had the whole thing to myself. Oh, nice. Was it in Brooklyn somewhere? It was in Brooklyn on Carlton Avenue. So okay. right right near Fort Greene Park. Oh, nice. And That's a great. It's yeah. a great area. And so I just happened to, the morning I'm having coffee, and I said, so let me see what this place is worth. $3.7 million. <laughs> oh, my God. And it, but, but the thing is, not so much that, oh, my God. This was, pardon me? How many square feet do you think it was? More or less? It was close, just short of four thousand. Oh but wow! It was three stories. But I. But the, ama- the incredible thing to me wasn't that I was staying in that. I've been in oh. nice places. Where I, the incredible thing to me was that there were so many of them in Brooklyn, oh. just like this. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Are they all worth that much? And who can afford to live in these places? So I don't. I don't understand that. Three point seven million dollars, and there are comps to support that. You know that it yeah. just sold. 
So, wow. So you're talking about, you know, rents being high there. <laughs> I can't imagine what commercial space. Oh, it's, yeah, it's nuts. I mean, you'll, you know, there's, you know, you're talking like tens of thousands of dollars for rent for a know, little place, like a box. Yeah. You know, like a little 30, 30 seat bistro in Manhattan somewhere. I mean, I think Brooklyn is, you know, overall a little bit better, but not by much. I think the, I think Brooklyn is caught up. I don't know. I'm not a New York expert, but I think Brooklyn is caught up and it certainly is beautiful and really nice. And I found it, I find it to be just more peaceful. I mean, as a guy who lives mm. on the Oregon coast, Brooklyn yeah. to me was a little more you know, like Portland. It was yeah. than Manhattan is. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, anyway, it was uh, pretty cool. So, um, so when you say you have your, uh, the bulky soul, um, are you doing pop-ups with that now? You said you had, uh, no, we, we are, we are actually uh, live now, um, online for website ordering and, um, delivery on DoorDash and Grubhub. Mm-hmm. And here in New York, they have also, they have one called Seamless, which Grubhub purchased, um, that, you know, those guys run in tandem. Um, but uh, we're, yeah, we're pretty grassroots still. We haven't done zero social media, you know, zero marketing. Um, I wanted to start this one slower, like I said, just to, you know, build everything and make sure we're doing things right from the start instead of building the hype and then, you know, just crashing and burning. <laughs> with right, right. I've, I've yeah. seen that happen before. And yeah. I've seen where the problem with the hype is it doesn't always, things don't exactly. always live up to the hype. Exactly. At least in the beginning, it takes a while to get up there. So it's very yes. wise to do what you're doing. But how does anybody know about it then if you're doing a soft? Nobody episode? does know about it. Um, it's, it's all word of mouth right well, now. We'll keep it that way on the podcast. Everybody turn yeah. it off right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a challenge, uh, you know, just catching up to the pace of the city. I mean, everyone's moving at fucking million miles an hour, you know, and I'm, I'm a competitive person, but I, I just, you know, I was not ready for the pace of the city for sure. When I first got here. So, so are you ready yet? Are you ready now? Uh, I, I, I'm almost there. Yeah. Me, for me personally, you're asking. Yeah, no, I mean, can, yeah. are you comfortable with it at this point? I am. I, I am now, yeah. Um, you know, I'd say I'm at about 90%. Um, I still got a, a little little more to learn. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, in New York City, if, uh, if you don't fight, you die. That's <laughs> basically what it comes down to. Yeah, Especially, no, I, you know, I can only imagine. Um, no, it's and it's, it's dog-eat-dog. That's, yeah, yeah. It's known for that. And that's one reason I moved to the West Coast, because I like the pace better. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but there are other things. But still, so that's interesting because uh-huh. I was at Yama Inn with uh, Peter Platt from Andina. I don't know if you know uh-huh. Peter. He is one of the owners, correct? Yes, he's one of the okay. owners. He's one of okay. the younger, the, so the younger folks are taking over the day-to-day operation from, from his parents who've run okay. it for years. And okay. you know they've done a very good job. The restaurant yeah. does very well. But he and I had a, I just wish I had recorded that conversation for the podcast, a very uh-huh. interesting conversation about what the word, the, and I don't have the exact derivation, but he talked about the derivation of the word restaurant, which was to rest. And it comes from France to actually have a relaxing experience. 
and we were talking about where the pandemic led us. And I, you, you if you, anybody hasn't listened to this podcast before, you'll hear it now. I have been bitching about eating food out of boxes. <laughs> oh yeah, no, for I for a long time, just like I can't. Yeah. To me, I so I understand there's the food costs and and there's the the eco- economics that go into creating uh-huh. food for takeout. However, yeah. as a consumer. For me to spend X amount of dollars, that for me is to sit down and yeah. have a dining experience, at least where someone's asking me, would you like more water yeah. or would you do or the ability to order more on the fly, yeah. right? Yeah. Instead of I got to order a day in advance and then just live with it. And yeah. of course, eating out of box is really, it's not the optimum thing, right? You as a chef, yeah. that's not... You have to figure out how to make with, with what you're doing now, yeah. how to make what you're making so it, it lives in a box and doesn't yeah. die. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a great, you know, uh, thing to ask because yeah, I mean we we've done so much research on different, you know, like great example would be our Korean fried chicken that we have on the menu at Boki. Um, because you know, we don't want it to get soggy, obviously, since we double fry it, you know, put in so much work to get this like beautiful crispy crust on it. And uh, it took probably about a month to find the right box <laughs> finally. And we needed two sizes, you know, it couldn't just be one size because we have a medium and a large size mm-hmm. um, to figure it out. The one with the right vents, because, you know, we found one with vents, but they're either too expensive or we found one, you know, that looked really good and then we got it, but it was fucking impossible to close, you know, and, so a lot of work went into just that one thing, you know, that I thought was a waste of time. But, you know, at the end of the day, we definitely needed to do it. It's know? a big part of the experience. I mean, I hearken yeah. back to when I went to Piggins when it first opened, you know, uh-huh. Piggins outside, picked uh-huh. up a beautiful burrata salad yeah. in a box, yeah. took it into my car, and I just kind of gingerly placed it in. And the box opened, and the barrage oh, and the oh, trunk no. of my car. And I think that oh, was my first Jesus. moment where I said, you know what? Yeah. yeah. This. yeah. And, <laughs> oh, I would have been so pissed off. <laughs> yeah, and it's not yeah. their fault, but it is the fault of where we are. It's not the fault, it's the situation where we are with the pandemic. And yes. so I guess I would ask you, you're developing, uh, it sounds like a, concept that lives largely through takeout services or yes very very much so but do you think that's where so i i guess my question is is that's where is that where we're going to be for quite Mm -hmm. a while i mean after this pandemic or you know we went i went to a few places yesterday but over the weekend that were great Mm -hmm. over this week or do you also think it's a generational thing do you think there's a generation of people who don't care about the social experience of eating? Now, I'll say this. I was at Yamasan the other night, and I had this great fun. The bartender was a little younger than I was, and we had a great time. But then the bar started filling up, and it was all women 27 years old around. That's yeah. what they to me. So yeah. they were they really, really enjoying being out and enjoying <laughs> You know, ordering this and what should we order? Talking back, there's a little give and take with the yeah. server. And do you? Th- what do you think 
about the future? Obviously, you're investing in the future of this concept, but do yeah. you think they can live side by side, or do you think we're largely going one way or the other? Uh, that's a, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, we feel that in New York um, that they, they're going to live together. I mean, you know, people are, I'm sure you noticed, like you said, people are definitely starting to come out more in this city. Um, and you can't really ask for, you know, other than maybe Tokyo for a higher population density to be able to determine, you know, the route of this style of restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with the pandemic, not necessarily on the way out, but with people getting more comfortable, um, you know, sitting down in restaurants and, you know, socializing, um, I think that there is going to be a huge growth market for uh the style of food and the style of service where you I know that you're not the fan, but you know, getting your lunch or your dinner in a box. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. And we're, and what we're doing is um, even from a, just a cost standpoint, uh, you know, doing that sourcing, really doing that homework from um, the perspective of a business that, you know, wants to grow um, not just, one concept, but like basically create a model to where it's kind of a plug and play where you could take any menu, but that groundwork is there to be able to, you know, expand the con scale, the concept, um, you know, mainly obviously being the costs, um, you know, being the most restrictive element um, and kind of reverse engineer almost the, um, the business model. And so that's what we're trying to do. It, may, it makes sense. And by the way, the fact that it's not what I want now and today yeah. Yeah. Is, isn't relevant. I mean, I understand. Right. For me, it's like a little moderation. I just don't want that to be the only thing I do for the rest of Right, the right. Yeah, no, no. I think fine dining and, you know, sitting down in restaurants is going to come back strong. And yeah, and I mean, I, you know, that's something that I eventually want to get back into as well. You know, Superhawk's still on my radar. I don't know if you remember talking about them last podcast. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's still a dream of mine. So this just happened, this opportunity just happened to come up, you know, first. And so, um, yeah, so that's, that's where we're at. (laughs) Well, home this, and then maybe it'll give you some of the, the capital you need. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's definitely, definitely a possibility. So so, um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun though, uh, working, here um because it's been a long time since i've you know kind of gotten my ass kicked and really really learned you know things from the ground up and the guys that i'm working with uh one of them comes from finance and so it's been very interesting point of view to um to get his advice and you know just kind of the way that they operate here um it's very it's very cut and dry um but it's also very direct you know direct there's no bullshit you know, it's, it's, it's a yes or a no. There's no, oh, Portland gray area kind of explain this emotional situation. It's like, no, <laughs> or it's like, yes, no, move forward, you know, and that's it. Like, that's the attitude of the business here. So, so how many partners do you have? Uh, uh, we, so we have, we just, just two. Um, one of them um, actually is we're distant family. Um and he grew up actually in Portland. You mean, you mean uh, before you started this or since? No, no, no. Uh, before. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, and then, and then uh, the other 
I guess uh, the other guy is, um, I wouldn't, I don't know if we could call him a partner. He, he basically has access to the real estate that we're in now. Right. Um, like his, you know, his investment group. And so kind of giving us access um, to the kitchen. So he's, a, he's a very silent partner, <laughs> if you will. Well, that's good. So if you have one other partner where you're with whom you're making decisions, that mm-hmm. helps you create, yeah, it helps you answer black and white questions and then move forward. Yes. So, yeah. because otherwise, that's why I asked if you had nine people, you wouldn't, you would oh, not. Move uh, no, no, definitely not. Yeah. Or I think I even if you have, even if it was like four, yeah, it would. Be yeah. Like, that's what I meant. If you had more people that would, that would be difficult. Hey, Chris, let's pause just a moment and talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. Yeah, where they've always had your safety in mind. Uh, Of course, they have those beautiful updated booths and spent a lot of money on their ventilation system to update it to current standards and beyond. Um, So whether it's their delightful outdoor dining or inside, you can always enjoy Ringside Hospitality knowing their steps ahead when it comes to safely serving you a fantastic experience. And of course, ringside always satisfies Chris. So if you've got something like, I don't know, A5 Wagyu, maybe that's your thing, you can come and enjoy it at Ringside Steakhouse. Yeah, so no matter what the size group, whether you're just going to go dine as a romantic evening with two, some friends and family with four, or if you'd like a setting for a small group gathering, Ringside, of course, can put that together for you too safely. Reservations are super easy to do. You just go to the Open Table app or ringsidesteakhouse.com, make that reservation, or you can actually walk in without a reservation for bar top seating. Yeah, Ringside for over 75 years. 75! And mm-hmm. it's all as the hallmark of great service and steaks in Portland. So how are you able to uh, keep your hands in your restaurant in Portland and do this at the um, same time? I mean, that's got to be coming back. I don't know exactly the uh, how that moved along through the pandemic and where it is now, but you can. Yeah. Uh, so Donway's doing really well. Um, Miguel, my sous chef, uh, also, who's, you know, cooked with me for over 10 years um, at various places, um, is the chef de cuisine at Donway now. And uh, he's been doing a great job. Um, he, I think Portland in general, though, is having a critical back of house labor shortage mm-hmm. at this time. And uh, so he's been, you know, he's been hurting for cooks the last month or so. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, things are going, things are going well over there. Um, so how do, but how do those two statements, um, how do those two statements mesh? You're a severe back of house shortage of cooks. And oh, oh. <laughs> oh, just business wise. I mean, you know, people yeah. are, people are coming back out, uh, sitting in the dining room, you know, more, um, obviously with the weather being nicer, we have the long outside table and a couple of tables on the Stark side, mm-hmm. um, a couple of two tops. So that's what I mean by that. But yeah, on on the labor shortage side, not so well. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, you can't, you can't one without time. the other, though, right? Because if someone's right. not cooking, so that's yeah. what I wonder. But but I will say this, and it, and it, I've having spent a little more time in Portland, moving around there, but especially in New York. Oh my gosh, the uh, the outdoor dining now is so developed, and yeah. I mean everything's nice. It doesn't look like it's temporary. Yeah, and, yeah. So 
It's so pretty crazy, think, isn't it? So I think it bodes well for restaurants coming out of this that they'll have this, they'll have more seating, and they'll have this entirely different vibe to them. So, um, and certainly also in Portland as well. So I would assume that bodes well in time. But what what's your feeling for? <laughs> and well, if someone comes up to you in New York and says, "What the fuck?" about portland what what, what yeah. is your answer with well, my answer uh my answer is you should still go visit <laughs> it's yeah. just an answer yeah well, that's I, mean, what, I, that's what, I love what, portland so yeah um you know in, in a way it'll it'll always be home i mean for me personally as a city um but uh yeah i think overall people here they have a pretty positive image of the city which is i don't know if that's just because i'm in brooklyn <laughs> or, well, you know. no, I think there's a certain kind of uh, camaraderie between cities there and uh, sister, yes. sister, brother city, or, or, or I guess, you know, father, nephew, maybe. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but and when I said, you know, when I said that before, I'm just cognizant of the fact that, uh, you know, Travel Portland is running ads in The New York Times. Which, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, God. Yeah. They're running these big ads. And to me. <laughs> As an ad guy, they um, someone may someone can argue with me. That's fine, but they just lacked strategy. It was instead uh, of yeah, here's yeah. why you should come to Portland. Uh, it was here's here's why you should not not come to Portland. So uh, there's a big difference. But they were trying to uh, I don't know. And to me, it didn't say here's why you should come to Portland right now. Yeah. It was, you know, we had our problems and we're going to be a bridge together. And no, I don't think anybody cares, cares about Kumbaya outside yeah. of Portland. The, the, yeah. They just want to know that they can go eat great food and still go to great places and, and have access to rivers and mountains. And yeah. they, they miss that boat. You know, that really hasn't changed much. And, and there's really the protesting is down and yeah. restaurants are going to be really happy to have those customers back. They're going oh, to send sure. over backwards. Yeah. That's the message they should have put out there. So you you answered my question by I think saying what they should have said. Yeah. Is, you know, I don't see where it's a real problem. It's coming back, and that, that, uh, the, the crap isn't happening anymore. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. But uh, I, I think I think, too, that uh, actually I'm uh, curious about your observation since you were just recently on a plane. Um, I think that people are starting to, um, you know, and almost on an exponential level in the last month too, uh, people are starting to feel much more safer on planes as well. Well, which is a huge factor. Yeah. Well, so yeah. I don't I didn't see anything. It, it, the attendance in the airport, the number of oh. people in the airports and the planes would indicate yeah. we're back to what it was. Completely normal. Anyway, and for <laughs> yeah. people, I'll tell you what, people were really oh. good about wearing masks, oh. which I wonder is, if as a vaccinated person is necessary. Yeah. But I'm going along with, hey, if this is what we need to do just to do the right thing, I'll do it. And I will say this. This was interesting. I went to a Mets game oh. uh, two nights ago and. Yeah, it was, they just opened up City Field to actual, they'll sell as many seats as they can. Oh, okay. Uh, which was great, but there wasn't a mask on anywhere there. But on the subway there, everybody's wearing a mask. But then I went in the men's room and I was shocked. I just looked around and I thought, this is where you need to be wearing a mask. And nobody had <laughs> a mask. No one had a mask on at all in 
in the visit to the men's room. So I just think we're at a point. I I haven't been paying attention, but I haven't heard about cases spiking and going up. So I think we're Mm -hmm. starting to see it behind us. And that's what people think. They're not as worried as they were. Exactly. Vaccinations. Yeah, no, here in New, in New York, uh, Chris, I've actually passed by not many yet, but, you know, three or four places where they actually have signs up, um, you know, on the windows where it says if you are fully vaccinated, you're not required to wear a mask anymore. Yeah. Like inside. So, and, yeah, you know, no, I've, I've seen that. And the same, I got the message from City Field the day of the game. You're not required to do anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, just you can't. Yeah, just that's it. You. Yeah. You don't need to show us your vaccine. You don't need to show us anything. Just come to the game, which I thought yeah. a week ago when I bought the tickets a week or two ago, that was not the oh. case. So, oh, okay. okay. So, it, yeah, it changed pretty quickly. And I think people want to get out now. It's summer. and But I will say that I was really impressed with New York City on how many people were actually wearing masks, either mm-hmm. some on the street, which I'm not sure is necessary, especially if you're vaccinated, yeah. But anytime you went into a place, yeah, there were there were everybody had masks on. It was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, and people are really good on the train, like you said as well. Um, you know, I, I take a subway every day, and yeah. you know, ninety nine percent of the people, you know, day and night are wearing at least you know in the stations and on the trains themselves um, are pretty good about it. So yeah, no, I I was really impressed when you have so many people with diverse opinions yeah, <laughs> that there yeah. were so many people that were wearing them. So to answer your question, uh, you know, JFK was packed and, you know, people had masks on uh, and I wore a mask and didn't love it from the moment I walked into PDX to the moment I got out of Atlantic, Atlantic terminal to walk to my Airbnb. So I don't, yeah. That's a long way. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was a red eye. So I just got to do that. But um, okay. at any rate, so uh, and dining, you know, it felt like it was back to normal. And the restaurants I went to were all packed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's a really good feeling. I was out at Urdaneta last week mm. and that was full. You know, I had a, I had a nice yeah. meal with our friend Gary. Gary oh, you did. Nice. Nice. So, uh, yeah, that was great. So anyway, that's my impression. And I find it really interesting that there, do you think that your business would have been something you would have been pursuing before the pandemic, before everybody got so used to takeout food? Uh, you mean the business here in New York? Yeah. The, the business. Um, you know what? I, I don't know. Um, it's, it's possible. Um, but yeah, honestly, I'm not sure. Um, I don't, I don't think we would have thought about starting the project the same way that we have if the pandemic hadn't happened and, you know, this entire kind of attitude shift of the dining public hadn't happened. So that's a very good question. Um, but I don't know the answer to it. (laughs) And it it did the pandemic also give you the freedom to do that. Whereas then slowed down a little bit and you didn't, you know, you couldn't be there every Um, day. No, actually that was just kind of more life strategy. Um, Dunway actually got busier with the pandemic Mm -hmm. because so many people, I think, especially with Asian and Chinese food makes this association of, Oh, even if they're not used to ordering delivery that, you know, somehow Chinese and Asian food in general just travels better. And it's yeah. kind of a, 
more of a well, takeout also, delivery thing. Also, we, we all think of it as great the next day, too. So that's Oh, exactly, right, for that. leftovers, yeah. yeah so so. Um, business actually picked up. Uh, but you've been there quite a you've been there quite a while. You've had it yeah. quite a while, so you probably matured to the point where okay, I'm not. No matter where the business is, I'm not yes. as needed as I was a while ago. You don't. I yeah. don't want to say you weren't needed, but you know you. you right, right. Yeah. No, there's you know there's a system in place to where whoever is you know leading the kitchen, especially, and as long as the front of house is good, that you know they could could be fine without me there. So. No, that, well, that, that's. I think that's the goal of every restaurant owner to get yeah. to that point. And if it yeah. isn't, then maybe they need to go for some life coaching. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> come, come to New York. Come to New York for some life coaching. That's yeah, well, sure. <laughs> or, or for a little perspective too. Yeah. So yeah. So um, and so, had you lived? Had you spent much time in New York before this? I forgot. Uh, I've been here a, a half a half dozen times. Um, but, uh, yeah, never, no, never lived here like this, you know, visit for a week at a time. Right. Um, and usually I would be in Manhattan. Uh, I find it hilarious that, and I never, and I I never knew this before I moved here actually this time, but people who live in New York city, they don't call, they, they call Manhattan the city. The city. Yeah. 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 I I had no idea. Like I, about a weekend, my, uh, you know, a friend of mine is like, I'm like, oh, like, where are you going? You know, because he's taking the train somewhere. And he's like, oh, I'm going back into the city. I'm like, where are you? <laughs> Maryland or something? And he's like, no, I'm going to Manhattan. And I was like, why did you why did you call it the city? And he goes, because that's what people call Manhattan. <laughs> and I never knew that. But I just find it funny because, you know, Brooklyn's like a borough of what? Like, you know, five million people. <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah, it's huge. It's, you know? it's, yeah, it's not only it's. I could be wrong, but isn't it larger than Manhattan geographically? Uh, it, it's way bigger than Manhattan. Yeah. 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 Brooklyn I mean, is, is absolutely, I mean, it's like a city state. You know? Right. It's, yeah. So, yeah. And um, yeah, because I found that because I was looking at places to stay and I was like, well, uh, to go from here to here would be five miles. And, yeah. and now knowing that would have been a, a two hundred dollar. Oh yeah, yeah, easy, <laughs> easy. crazy. But I learned my way around the subways and walking. Uh, uh, I did a nice walk the other night. And I will tell you, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to do this, if you have the time. Uh, but I walked across the Brooklyn Bridge, and when I started to get on the Brooklyn side, there were some benches, uh, and I just sat there. My phone juice took ran out on me so i couldn't look down and i just sat on that bench and it was sunset and it was perfect temperature and just started taking in Uh all the activity and the density because you know i'm in manzanita where i there's not anything close to me basically (laughs) and um it to me it's incredible how much is going on and that it's it can't not be a fast pace with all that Mm. All those people, yeah. there, right? So yeah, yeah. No, the like you're saying that you know just the the volume of people here is, you know, I think what for a restaurant city is also a huge factor of why it makes it so competitive is because here, you know, with the volume of people, you have the audience to be able to present it. But if they don't like your product, they they've got a thousand people behind you that you know are ready to you know introduce a different thing until they right. find the right one, you know? So you really have to focus on getting it right, consistent, um, you know, and offering a really delicious 
um, like experience, whether you're a sit down or, you know, takeout or delivery. Um, but I feel like even more so than, you know, in a smaller market, you really have to hit that uh, quality um, because well, if you don't, your competition's going to kill you. I guess that's because costs are so high because I would say, and not that you're ever going to lower your bar, but mm-hmm. I would say there's so many people you could be, you know, on a scale of one to 10, uh, seven or eight, and just by sheer volume do okay. But you want to grow and you want to pay rent and yeah. do the big things. And if that's the case, then I can see where what you're seeing is saying is valid. If you're in another city where you're, you know, just doing it, I would with so many people, I would imagine it could do OK, but still. Yeah. You, but you have a lot of competition for social media voice, too. Once you get it exactly. running, you right. have to have that, too. So. Yeah, yeah, no, very much so. And so we're, you know, in the process, of, we don't have an exact plan yet for social media, but from where I stand, you know, it's pretty much a full-time job, you know? And so we're, we're trying to get um, either an extra person in or, you know, some kind of strategy to where we're not weighed down by, you know, oh, shit, we got to get another post up in like two days, you know, kind of you thing. You can't do that yourself. You're just... Yeah, like, no, it's, you know, it's you well, if you want to keep up with the uh, the quality that you're trying to achieve with your food yeah. and that experience, you yeah. you got to get a professional. I would think. I mean, I don't have a professional, and I just kind of make do. But I know I can yeah. do way better if I had yeah, really knowing what they were doing. Right, so somebody demand. Yeah, and so. I'm sure in New York there are a zillion people. But yeah. that's the other yeah. part of it is finding someone that you trust. Right, in New York, and they're not cheap. I'm sure. Yeah, this exactly. Is not, this was not Portland when social media launched in 2012. Yeah. Where, hey, I'll do your post for you. No, <laughs> right. There's all the algorithms and all that stuff. So what are you, are you getting time to enjoy the city and, and Brooklyn and some of the uh, other? Not, not so much right now. I mean, we're, you know, I'm working really, really long hours um, at the Commissary Kitchen, getting everything set up. Um, I had, when I first got here, I had a couple of weeks to explore a bit, um, went up to Queens, ate some, ate some really good Chinese places, um, got to go out, um, over to, you know, different parts of Brooklyn. Cause I'd never been to like Greenpoint or, you know, Prospect Park or, you know, stuff like that and to explore a bit. Um, but, uh, maybe, hopefully maybe later this summer, <laughs> I'll have a little more time to do that stuff. And so, so you must be missing your family terribly. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's the, to be honest, that's really the only thing that I like miss, miss. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get a schedule figured out to where I'll be hopefully going, you know, back and forth. Um, and I, I'm actually thinking about bringing Egan out here to New York for a couple of weeks later this summer. I think that might be a fun trip. How, how old him. is Egan? Uh, he turned eight in May. So you could do a little come to work yeah. with me thing and, and make make do. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so oh, that's I think it, it would be pretty pretty fun. Yeah, well, that would be great. I hope you can get the time. Do you have any? I didn't warn you of this question, so I might be putting you on the spot. But there, anybody who's coming to New York that would benefit by a couple of your suggestions, places they have to go. Oh, here in New York? Yeah. Um, oh, man. I would definitely say, if 
for fine dining. So there's this restaurant called Francie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, they're in Brooklyn um, that uh, I would definitely recommend. I actually sent, um, you know, Michael Zeusman. Yeah. 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 I actually, he was here uh, kind of was a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks ago. Um, but uh recommend that that to him um he checked it out i think he had a pretty good time i haven't really had a chance to touch base with him yet um i'm trying to think where's another place where oh metro gourmet deli does a solid breakfast sandwich near my house okay <laughs> that's the kind of my go-to neighborhood bodega spot um that's in i live in park slope in brooklyn like right uh-huh. on the border of uh, park slope and goannis um there's some great coffee there too uh, so I, I, oh, yeah. I, well, near where I was in the Fort Greene neighborhood, uh, place called Bittersweet. And then the new one just opened up no, Nostrand uh, right down the street. And that was, uh, okay. So, um, so. You know, actually, uh, one more spot, Chris, is uh, in Brooklyn. Um, I just went there uh, with the DeKalb Market, um, is actually really, really cool. Um, there, you know, it's, it's a food hall. And, uh, you know, they have some pretty, pretty solid choices. Um, a couple of uh, Asian, like Chinese places that do dumplings and noodles. They have a ramen restaurant, a donor kebab place, falafel place, um, but really nicely built, um, you know, and very, very New York. Yeah. Uh, well, but, but everybody's like super high quality, high execution, you know, out of the market. I was just on the yeah. A million times, well, a few times. That's a block from where I stayed. Oh, okay. It's a long, I'm sure it's a long street, but I wish I would have known, although I didn't have a lot of ancillary opportunities to go eat. Yeah, it sounded like you had a pretty busy agenda when you came, huh? Yeah, Yeah. well, I filled it and I had some friends that I visited with. So uh, Mm -hmm. we went to a place called Peaches that has some Southern food right there. That was not, I think it was off Lafayette, too. Okay. that was really, really good. And then, of course, Grimaldi's and Dumbo, right on the base of the Brooklyn Bridge, which I've oh, been to before, but it's got a zillion locations all over the country. It's still, oh, yeah. it's still good pizza, and there was no line. And yeah. my objective was to take my friend who'd never been walked the Brooklyn Bridge to take her on that. Oh, I see. So, so yeah. we did that. But, yeah, no, I had a full agenda. But my agenda was mostly uh, Peruvian food. Uh, I was there yeah. with the, with or my friends at Andina to yeah. uh, do a little project. So, um, and it was fun. So yes. And that's yeah. cool people too. So nice. I highly suggest that I already did, but I would suggest if you have some time or some friends who come in town there, those are good spots to go to. So cool. nice. Um, all right. So are you getting back to Portland anytime soon? Uh, don't know yet. <laughs> I'd like to go. This could be months before you before we you pick your head up out of the. It's it's quite possible. Yeah, yeah, it's quite. I may you know take a quick uh, like a short run out there in the next month or two, Um, but nothing you know so far. No plans for anything longer than that. Uh, Well, you got. I know you have your Sundays off, and I hope you actually Mm. to your benefit. So your mental. I I try. Yeah, I hope you're not spending them picking up what you didn't get done on Friday and Saturday. (laughs) All right, well, listen, I uh, appreciate your touching base with me. It was rather 
serendipitous, not only because I was in town, but because I needed to schedule someone. I've been, since the pandemic, I uh, we used to be scheduled weeks and months out with guests. Yeah. And I find that harder to do now. So but yeah. I've, I've been improvising along the way and doing it. So, um, but I appreciate you doing this on a Sunday. I, yeah, no, no worries. Thanks for coming to my schedule. <laughs> oh, no, I appreciate it. This yeah. is what happens. We just did, yeah. we just interviewed Brooke from Eater on a Sunday. And these are uh-huh. people in the last two out of the three weeks in eight years. It's the first time we've recorded the podcast on a weekend. So, oh, yeah. You, you nice. do what you got to do. And I'm really, yeah. so, yeah. and that's cool. also, that's also pandemic related too because we used to always go in the studio as you recall. right right and now i just do it if i'm just recording it in courts yeah really do you guys have you guys have any uh line of sight on when you'll get back into the actual studio um, or not yet no we don't and right now you know every time i mention it to court it says we're not allowed to have guests in yet and okay. so uh, we may just get better equipment and do it this way Oh yeah. For a while I was against that because I uh-huh. love the studio. I think there are certain benefits to recording in the studio. Uh-huh. Um, I like looking eye to eye. I'm looking eye to eye with you, but it's yeah. through, you know, through uh, fiber optic cable right now. Oh yeah. Uh, so, um, and I like the idea of going in to record a couple at a time and having court there doing everything. And now we do it a little differently. Court's not participating in the interview itself, but he puts a lot of it, the rest of it together. So right. no, there's no uh, timeline. And I've, I actually used to ask all the time and I stopped asking. So oh, um, yeah. and, and I've learned also, I have a really nice office. I'm looking at the Pacific ocean right now. Yeah. Can't beat so that. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. okay with doing it from here. I yeah. Think. Yeah. No, if it, I mean, you know, if it means anything, the lot, like I said, I've been listening to a lot of the, you know, the latest podcast, Chris, and the sound quality, it sounded great. I mean, well, if you, you know, if you don't know, you can't really tell it's not in. Well, a we listen to studio. them and every once in a while it's down. The biggest challenge we have is there's oh. something between court and me when we do the intros and the commercials. Oh. I sound crappy when we do oh. that but with you. It's sounding OK, but we've talked about. Uh, all right. This may be the way we do it. So we need to upgrade. Oh. But the, here's the challenge with that. Oh. It's we're only as good as the guest is. So uh, if we're asking our guests to also record on their end through some different means other than Zoom, uh, we're now setting ourselves up for more technical problems. Right. So, so anyway, there are people who do it, I know, but this has been uh, working for us. Well, you know, when I first started after the pandemic started, I was using a phone on speakerphone and recording with another phone. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't know we, that. Oh, my before God. Before we got on the Zoom bandwagon. Uh-huh. And then Zoom, I, the thing I like about it is I can see your smile. I can, yeah. I feel like I, we're at least have some connection. Right. Moments, I just don't like phone interviews as much. Plus, yeah. I always have this feeling that someone's playing poker. You know, oh. I can't see them. At least I know they're paying. They're they're in the interview. So yeah, um, and I can't and I can't imagine a phone interview. The audio quality is very good, right? I mean, especially for a podcast. No, not a cell yeah. phone interview. But I mean, that was that happened in late March of 2020. Oh, like, oh we're going to do this series, and I didn't even know about Zoom then. Yeah, so, uh, and court, we were still trying to figure it all out. But no, this is. 
I'm glad you say it sounds great. Uh, and here's the other thing. I'm sure when it doesn't sound great, people are a little mm -hmm. more forgiving nowadays because yeah, definitely. you're used to watching interviews on TV that are cutting out all the time. Uh -huh. So this is all new that, you know, yeah. we have to live with this technology that we have. But <laughs> I'm so glad for the technology because it allowed us to do this, right? We yeah, wouldn't have been for doing sure. this. Um, you know, a few years ago, I was telling everybody who said, well, can, can I call it in? Nope, you got to come into the studio. That's the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's a little different. Same thing with restaurants. Can I do takeout on that? No, nope, we don't do takeout. Well, yeah, now you're going to figure out how to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, now you are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So listen, really cool to check to be able to check in with you. I, I think what you're doing is fantastic. Do you have a second concept in the works that you're? Uh, we've we've got. I have a few ideas, but uh, nothing rocks. Nothing solid. you can talk about. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, yeah. All right. So. Well, we'll look forward. Is there anywhere that anybody can, where so they can find if they want to eat your food right now? Uh, yeah, um, you can actually, you know, you can actually go to, uh, Bookie Soul. It's B-O-K-K-I-S-E-O-U-L.com mm -hmm. and, uh, check it out. And, you know, like I said, we're technically kind of open. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're on the delivery platforms and we're, you know, you'll, you'll hear more about us for sure in a couple of weeks. Well, um, but I think kinda... most of our listeners are in Portland, so you're not in jeopardy. Oh, right, right. And the other thing is there are some in New York. So I think yeah. this is a good spot to just release. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Could, could, yeah. But yeah, if you go to the website, you know, you can check it out. Um, and obviously, you know, if you Google book soul food, it'll pop up and uh, you know, you can kind of watch the, the beginning of a brand new restaurant unfold. That's cool. <laughs> and also because yeah. you're doing this when it, when people Google it, you're going to show the, the podcast will show up. So people will hear about it. If oh, they nice. listen to it. Yeah, yeah. So cool. there's a little second, you know, awesome. one of the things I've always been all about is the multimedia experience for people. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think it's great. So every time we have an event, I can, I can send people a podcast with that chef whose food yeah. they're about to eat. So cool. I, I like that. So at least in this case, there's a little, a broader dimension dimension yeah. to what you're doing because People may be able to find that, but they're not going to know who you are, and they're right. not going to—they're not probably not going to know how to pronounce your name. So <laughs> yeah. That was always a challenge for me. I think I had to ask somebody else, or did I ask you when you came in? To I think you uh, asked me on the phone one once. Yeah, something. give me the yeah. correct pronunciation because when you only read something, yeah, you only know what you know. So it's Kai. Yeah. It's really simple. Yeah. Um, uh, but I so yes again. I thought we were ending this a little while ago, but I carried it yeah. on. I appreciate your sticking with it. And yeah. uh, thanks for having me again. You're always a great friend. You've been complimentary and uh, Facebook always said nice things to me. And I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right on. All right, man. Oh, well, good to talk to you, Chris. Good talking to you and thanks. And we'll be in touch. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Right. Thanks. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 